Hello, I am Judah Bernard with the Rise Creating Your Voice podcast. This is our Tuesday night pod being live as we live stream. Come on in, come on in. Our topic is why is it hard to find my identity? Why is it hard to find my identity? Can you hear me, James? Yes. Try it again. Yes, I hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. All right. I don't have an echo, so that's better. Okay, great, great. So we're going to be talking about some people have a hard time finding their identity, but we do know that many identities are what we think they are. And I'm going to say that specifically, what we think they are. Sometimes people come and say, who are you? Some people don't know who they are. Some people don't know what their identity is. And it comes from um, thousands of things because in the natural world order, we look at other people as identifying with ourselves. So one, one of the thing is everybody possessed, which is an authentic self or personal identity. Actually, most people have multiple perspectives of themselves. They possess different self-identities. It just merely implicates that we're human. We also understand that we have abilities and disabilities, affiliations, family relationships, hobbies, occupations, quasi-occupations, salient attributes, salient attributes, social relationships, spirituality, but self-identity is dynamic and malleable, even until adulthood and middle age. The dynamism of self-identity sharply declines into the later years, though it may still fluctuate. For example, a person who is 60 years old may experience a shift in their spiritual perspectives or quasi-occupational interests. So we must understand that sometimes developmentally we wrestle with finding ourselves as teens and young adults. More than often, revisit these questions when we're in middle age. It's both normal and essential to seek self-understanding. In order to accept ourselves and establish a sense of belonging, we need to understand who we are. A strong sense of self-help help us navigate life and brings meaning to our experiences. Without it, we feel lost. I know we have a couple of people coming in. I want to go ahead and get that out of out of my purview right quick. But go ahead and introduce yourself to people that are already on stage. Hey, everybody. If you don't already know me, I'm Steve Martin. I've been here for a good amount of shows so far. I just wanted to stop by. I'm upset I wasn't able to stop by sooner, but happy I was able to make it. Thank you, Steven. That... Introduce yourself, James. Uh, James Sims, uh, Pastor Grady Type of Ministry, uh, also father of eight. Um, well, I'm trying to think of what else I could say. Love people, love God, love information, I love wisdom, I love understanding. Um, and hello, Steve, good to hear you, man. Hey, James, you had me at father of eight. You could have stopped there. (laughs) 
All right, Kiesha, your turn. Hi, I'm Kiesha. I am Judah, niece, and I am James Sims' granddaughter. We'd like to welcome it. Oh, go ahead. Hey, Kiesha. Oh, hello. Okay. Oh. All righty. So we'd like to welcome everybody on the stage. What do you think about why is it hard to find my identity? Any one of you guys can go right now because we're going to go straight into this topic, but then we have some surprises at the end. You want to go, Keisha, since ladies are first? No. I don't think I can go first. I mean, that's the way I was raised. <laughs> Nobody um, want to go first? We have Noah coming in. Noah, come on, introduce yourself. Why you just came on? Hey, sorry I'm late, but I'm... No, you're fine. I'm, you're early I'm for Noah. tomorrow. <laughs> and that's Noah. So we want to welcome all our speakers to the stage. Um, our Hello. question is... Why is it hard to find my identity? And this specifically just for you. James, you want to start off? I can start off and say I guess it, it took me a while to find who I am because I was trying to identify with others and trying to be like the status quo instead of being like who I should be, put it like that. And it took me almost 35 years to know that. And even after 35 years, I still had to groom, uh, even try to, I guess, tear away some things that wasn't Definite. It was just uh, a mirage of who I was, and and, it, and I had to learn how to do that by merely finding out what really made me who I am, and when I was really at peace with who I am, and that's how I had to prune those things. So. Uh, and the reason why it's so hard because nobody comes in knowing who you are. You have to grow into that, and and you have to know into that. So it's all these things take place, and even to that fact of learning yourself, you be you you learn how, I guess you learn how to. Well, you learn that through mistakes and all those things that take place in your life. So our living is really what characterizes who we are. And I can understand Keisha not wanting to go first because she, she's very young. And I say very young to the fact that where she's still learning of herself. And some people do mature at an early age, but even after maturing, there's some pruning you have to do as well. You, you know, you could be set or have a foundation of what you are, but you have to build on that foundation. 
I think All I right. played quite a few things. Well, that was great. All right, Steven, since you opened up the mic, let's go. <laughs> well, one of the one of the first things that came to mind with, with James saying that just now is I just recently had a conversation with both my parents independently, once with my mother yesterday and my father about two, three days ago. And, you know, every I make a point, you know, as of late, especially, I think this comes naturally for a lot of adults, you know, is when you're a little bit younger, maybe you had some animosities with your parents, maybe you're just not as close, or maybe you are lucky and you are. But for me, I, I always like the idea of independence and not seeking out help from other people or advice or telling people when I'm down and out or struggling. And as of late, you know, any, even if I'm having a good day, you know, I, I like to call my parents and just kind of catch up with them and reinforce my thoughts with them and so on. And it's been really influential lately because I'm, I'm coming up to be 30 in, in November. And uh, even though my mother insists I keep telling everybody I'm 27 for the next 10 years, you know, it's it's more and more obvious that I'm not getting any younger. And I expressed to my mom how frustrated I was with myself because at this point in my life, I had made all these plans, all these goals, all these decisions for myself that at an early age, even as young as 16, 17 years old, I had already kind of set a precedent for what I wanted of myself or what I expected of myself. But when you're much younger, and like James has said, it's it's harder to, to grasp perspective on what you truly value and to understand what morals and ethics truly mean, your own beliefs. And every couple of years, you're changing as a person, too. The more you experience, uh, you know, the things that you undergo, whether it's pain or happiness, all of these things mold you into a different person as time progresses. So even if, you know, within five years you achieve a goal that you had five years before, there's no saying that that's going to be the same goal you have when you finally achieve the first goal you set. By the time you reach the first goal, you might have already set up 10 other goals. So something that my mom was able to make me feel better about because I was comparing myself to her. I was like, you had me, you know, she had me when she still was, was a, a young mother. Like she was, I think, you know, 17, 16, something like that. And by the time she was in her 20s, my mom had already acquired a house, already, you know, got herself certified and, and, and qualified for a bunch of good jobs, you know, already amped up her education. She built a family life around me. She focused on my education. She did all of this stuff by herself for like nine years. And I told her, I was like, I'm almost 30 and I'm barely managing to, to make my dog do what he's supposed to do. So it's like I, I grope and I gripe and I whine and, and I complain. And she tells me, you know, at the end of the day, think about it like this. You know, you have always had so many different prospects and so many different opportunities and so many different avenues of which you could have chosen. And that is your blessing in and of itself is that you have choice when you wake up in the morning, you have a say, you have an opportunity in and of itself to do something different each day to try and put yourself where you want to be. And the hardest pill for most people to swallow is that because you're going to continuously grow, continuously experience things in life, continuously go through pleasure and pain. These things are going to mold you into a different person. And they say about every seven years, you're almost a completely different person. So what that means is, is as you get older, you'll understand yourself differently. 
You'll understand your ambitions differently. Things will find greater or lesser meaning in time. And overall, hopefully, through all this learning and experience, you'll become closer and closer of understanding your identity is. Because your identity isn't permanent. Your identity should never be permanent if you're hoping to grow and become a better person. So because of that, it's hard to grasp an identity that you cling on to if you have the anticipation or you have the aspiration of growing. And that's what's so difficult for people at a young age. And that's what's becoming a little bit easier as the years progress for people who are getting on in their years is that we're finally able to embrace and accept and understand that it's okay that your identity will change. And it's actually a good thing, but it's important to remember that all these life experiences along the way that mold you, you're looking to do your best to control the variables and then accept the things that are out of your control. And that's the key thing. Control the things that are within your power. Don't be afraid to ask for help from the people who are around you and are willing and loving enough to give it to you. And then for everything else that's out of your control, accept that. Accept that it is out of your control and allow it to be what it is because you can only do what is within your control and within what resources you have available to you. So even though every couple of weeks I call my parents with a midlife crisis and I'm freaking out, you know, why don't I have a house yet? You know, I was expecting to have this. I was expecting to do that. I was hoping to have accomplished this. And they always got to tell me to calm down. They're like, are you walking on both legs? Are you breathing out of your own lungs? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have a family that loves you, respects you, and they're proud of you? Do you have friends, people who care, who want to hang out with you, who want to talk to you, who are interested about your life? Do you have your health? Well, if I can answer most of those questions with a yes, then I really have no real reason to be complaining because the, the reality is we're going to continuously seek out our identity as long as we have the foundation, our health, whether it be mental or physical, and the people around us that matter, everything else will work itself out. And that's been the hardest pill for me to swallow lately is I got to just accept that. Everything will work itself out. That's all I got to say about that. Wow. Thank you, Stephen. Who want to come up after that? Go ahead, James. You want to say something, James? I simply just want to amen. Uh, he said everything okay. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> you got me started, James. That's what happened. All right. <laughs> Noah, why is it hard to find my identity? Let's talk about it. Noah. Um, so I think I'm still trying to find my identity if we're being all honest. I mean, I'm only like 22 years old, so of course, I'm yes, not be honest, fully. be honest. Um, but when I was younger, I was raised in a church where uh, people were called to be like a certain thing, and I was called to be a psalmist, which is another word for like a music person. And like all my like all my life I've like noticed like oh yeah that makes sense why because I used to you know play play in band I used to uh play the guitar and piano I used to sing all these things and so you know all it just made sense and then it wasn't until like I was 16 where I just started making dinner for like my family on Saturday nights like my mom would go get the ingredients and I would just like you know just help her out and make the dinner 
and it got to the point where I just started just making like random stuff here and there and uh it was mostly like desserts and it wasn't until like I was 16 where my dad was like why don't you just like like look into culinary school and like you know that career because at that point I was you know trying to find what I was going to do with my life (laughs) and uh so then I you know I looked up culinary stuff learned more about it and everything and I just started more I just started liking more of like the culinary side of things and uh, I currently work at a bakery right now and like music is like a little hobby for me but I am finding out more that like the culinary life is more for me and uh, so for me it was easier to like like I get to find my like like my identity but I know some um, sometimes there are some people who you know, get so much pressured by their parents or just by church or even school or anything. And, um, you know, they're trying to, you know, do, do good and everything, which is kind of like keeping them from finding themselves because they're always, you know, trying to uh, make themselves about other people. So I think it's just hard for, you know, people around my age, you know, to find the identity. I like how you put that, how, um, parents and parental figures or parental authorities place so much pressure on children and things like that. Come on, Kiasia, what do you got? Just tell us a little bit. Um, okay, a little bit. So I feel like when we start from a young age, there are so much stuff given to us that is, it takes a, a time for us to truly figure out what we want to do. Because, of course, a lot of people say, um, that you're even though you're getting any older, it's not. It's never too late to do anything. But sometimes I feel like, depending on the situation, depending on what it is, it's like you don't have enough time because the older you get, the more things slow down for you. Especially if you're having kids, you're getting married, you're doing this and that. Most of the things you're gonna want to do, you're gonna want to slow down, and then you're going to want to figure out what to do after that because you didn't have a backup plan and not most people um, do a backup plan. They always focus on the first thing that came to their mind. Okay, I like that. I like that. So here's to all of the speakers. What is your biggest strength and what is your biggest weakness? Starting with Steven. Uh, I get to start this time. Well, let me let me start by saying this, Noah and, and Keisha too. You you guys have the right mindset up front already, looking at it the way that you do, because whether it's supportive parents or not so supportive parents or support systems in general, a lot of times people are going to advise us based not all the time, but a lot of times people are going to advise us based on what they feel is the safest, surest option. And, and naturally, that means they're responding or reacting or advising out of fear. They don't want you to take any unnecessary risks. They don't want you to run the chance that you don't have an end result that makes you happy. And it's, it's not because they don't care. It's the polar opposite. But at the same time, that's what a lot of people my age then, your age mm-hmm. now, and in general have to deal with is a lot of outside resources who mean well. They try and help but in some cases might actually be the reason that it's even harder. And then in other cases, you have parents uh, like Noah's dad, for example, suggesting, why don't you look into culinary? My father was the very same way. He never had one set 
goal in mind that he wanted me to be one thing. My mom was like, be a lawyer or a doctor. My dad was like, do whatever you want to do to the best of your ability and, and just love doing it. That's what he wanted for me. And unfortunately, that's not a consistency that a lot of people get in their upbringing. And it's something I find is very uplifting in my day-to-day -day process now is that I carry myself with the same mindset. I might not have all the answers and I'm 30 almost, you know what I mean? And that can be pretty frustrating to someone my age because you figure by now I would have had a lot more answers than I do. But the reality is, is we're all going to go about these journeys at a different pace and having a support system that understands and supports you no matter what is great. But if for some people who might not have that immediate support system, it's important to remember that you guys can do that for yourself because we oftentimes forget that we're our greatest resource and we're also our own worst critic half the time. But uh, you said, Judah, as far as, you know, what are my greatest weaknesses and my greatest strengths? Are we yes, talking about what's your biggest strength and what is your biggest weakness? Like a general sense? I mean, I'd say my biggest strength is talking too much. Being able to speak on things for an unprecedented amount of time. So my biggest weakness is not knowing how to selectively focus that excitement, those attentions, and, and all the things I have to say into something productive. So the same way I do those things with the way I speak, I think the same way. Sometimes when I'm doing chores in my house, I, I act the same way. It's a great thing that I want to clean my whole apartment and rearrange everything in alphabetical order and clean the walls and do this, that, and the other. But if I had just gone about it in a more systematic, more appropriate, more thought out way, I'd probably get a whole lot more done in a whole lot less time. So I think my biggest, my biggest weakness in this case is learning how to control all the things I want to get done at once and, and selectively focus my attentions and be patient. So I think mm -hmm. that's my biggest weakness is patience. And my greatest strength is motivation. When I find it, it's there and I want to do it all. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's also why patience is my greatest weakness because I, I get so motivated and I want to do everything in the world, but I don't have the patience to put in the work time or the effort sometimes. And that frustrates me. Thank you, Stephen Kiesia. What is um, your? I would say my greatest strength is that I have a very creative mind. I'm very good at coding and so forth. I'm very good at working with people who can be very difficult. Um, my weakness is being a indecisive person. I can't make up my mind even if it's something good. I. I have ADD, so it's like I easily hop from one project to another. I start on something, and then the next few days or the next few months, I change it to something else. Thank you, Kiesia. Noah? Um, I think my strength uh, would be being able to uh, help whenever I can and stuff, you know, like trying to go above and beyond at my job and everything. But I think my weakness is I do that too much to where I am thinking about other people more than myself. <laughs> Thank you. Now, James. 
James? Uh, I, I was so busy listening. Uh, uh, let me say this first of all. I think the platform that you have is great and the information is good. Uh, the wisdom that is expressed here is tremendous and it needs to be on a larger platform. But let me say this too, uh, Stephen. You are well beyond your years mm-hmm. uh, for as your way with words is, is adequate. So don't let no one tell you that you don't have the capacity. Uh, and, I, and I like the way you put words. I like the way you express. And I wish, I, I desire that, that, that even so. Uh, and for Noah, man, uh, you're wise beyond your years. Mm-hmm. Kasia, you are very, you, you say you're decisive, but then I think you, you will make up your mind that you want to please people instead of doing what you know is best to do. So when you learn that, you'll be, you'll be well on your way. I, I, my greatest strength, I think, is spirituality. Mm-hmm. And my weakness is kind of like Noah. I tend to want to help others and don't do enough for myself. So the, the, and, and, and that's not a weakness, but then it is because I love people and I love to help people. But then at the same token, you got to, at some point in time, do something for yourself in order to be able to be helpful. Uh, I, I remember trying to raise my eight and uh, these kind of conversations, you can't have, I say can't have, you don't have time to have most of the time. And what I had to try and do is try to develop a, a family meeting to where we could learn to express. And, and, and it took a while for that to grow, but it, 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 I can see why I was doing that, trying to develop mine. And, uh, and something did come out of it, this is good. So I, 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 I really appreciate Julie uh, for let, uh, allowing the Lord to lead him in this direction. Because we need this open dialect to where we could get understanding from each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. So we did have another speaker join on. Come on and introduce yourself, Marcus Elijah, all the way from Nigeria. Hey, Marcus. Take yourself off mute, Marcus. Okay. I'm Yeah, you go. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Good hello, hello. Hello. Hey, Marcus. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good Tell everybody what... My name is... Yeah. My name is Marcos Alaya. And I'm from Nigeria. The eastern part of Nigeria, but I'm based in the south. And um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. The topic that is titled, Why is it hard of time? I didn't get it. So, what I have to say in this is that, and before I continue what, what I have to say, I'm sorry I came on late. 
you know this is about um about um, 2:31 a.m. here in Nigeria so i was asleep i was sleeping before i just woke up to ensure that i'm part of this live um talk show so don't know can i proceed yes of course why is it hard to find your identity yeah First of all, there is why, in my own understanding, there is why it is hard for some people to find their identity. Is because they are they are not spiritual. Yeah, they are not spiritual. Because why did I say that? Life is spiritual, and uh, if we are not spiritual. There are many things we're gonna find very hard. There are many things we're gonna find very, very hard. But when we are living our life in the spirit, when we are living our life in the spirit, then we will definitely find our identity. And our identity is in Christ. It's in Christ Jesus. And uh, if we are living outside of God's will, if we are living outside of God's will, we will surely find it very hard to find our identity. That's why as a person, as a Christian, or let me say rather, as a person rather, the best thing is for our way to align with the Lord. When our ways align with the Lord, then we can't find our identity. Because now, the Bible says that we were made from the likeness and the image of God. But um, there are many people today, uh, in, in the nature that is not of Christ has taken over them. That is, they are uh, they are living the Adamic nature. You know the the first Adam was um, a living soul, and the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ, he is a quick he is a, he is a quickening spirit. Now, most people are living in the old Adam. That is in the flesh. The fleshy Adam. And um, when we are living in the flesh, we will find it very hard to find our identity. But when we are living in the spirit, which is in the nature of Christ, because Jesus Christ is a quickening spirit, then we will surely find our identity. You know, um, the word of God, the word of God, is a mirror to every Christian. Each time we mirror ourselves in God's word, it reveals to us, it reveals to us who we are, who we shall be, and whom we will. And um, people today, they are not living, or they didn't make the word of God that's the standard of their life. If we make God's word the standard of our life, then we will not find it difficult 
to find our identity. Because it is the word of God that will reveal who you are. The word of God will reveal you who you are. And then when God's word reveals to you who you are through the Holy Spirit, then you maintain your focus. And those who still find it hard, those who still find it hard to find their identity, they are not stable in life. They are not stable because so many things are so pleasing to them. So many things are so pleasing to them. They've not stayed here, discover who they are in Christ because they have, they've, uh, uh, um, they have, they have major, the minor, and minor, the major. What do I mean by that? When we push the word of God aside, and we are pushing shadow, we are pushing um, um, vanity. That means the person has major the minor and minor the major. As a as a person, the the most the most important thing, the most important thing in our life should be the things that has that that relates to Jesus Christ, because. The Bible says that in, in Christ dwells all the fullness of life. In him we live, we move, and have a being. And uh, if we do not if we don't understand this reality, then we'll find it hard to discover our identity. Amen. The only way we can discover our identity is true. The revelation of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because if we are living um, our life without the Holy Spirit, because like I said, like I said earlier, life is spiritual. I mean, hundred percent spiritual. If you can discover who you are, like me, for instance. Um, so many years ago, uh, I don't really know who I am. I don't really know who I am. So many years ago, I could remember some times ago in my life, I was studying the Bible. I can't really remember the part I was studying the Bible, but I come across a part that says, um, uh, ye are choosing. As in as much, at the very moment I mentioned the word choosing, I got a vibration in my spirit. At the very point I mentioned the word choosing while studying the Bible, then I, I was still young then, I was still younger. I should be around 14 years of age at that time. The very moment I mentioned the word choosing, I got a vibration in my spirit. At that time, I did not understand that phenomena. I did not understand the phenomena that happened to me then. It was after so many years, and that happened, I think, um, 2007. That was when that happened. I did not understand that. So it was later on in 2015. 
2015, I got to understand when I find out that I have a calling, the call of the Lord upon my life as an evangelist. That was when I, I remember what happened to me then years ago. I said, wow. So, the Lord wanted to use me for his, for his work? Wow. You see? So, at, at a time, I'm, I'm, I'm not yet mature spiritually. I'm not yet mature spiritually. But it was later on. And after that, the Lord was showing many things about who I am. The Lord has shown me many things about who I am. You know, uh, uh, um, revelations, revelation can only be gotten when we are in the Spirit. And the revelation you got is what speaks, what reveals your identity. And I believe the identity we're talking here is our identity in Christ. And as a Christian, we are identify with Christ. We are not identified with the world. We are identified with Christ. But this is a problem. This is a problem now. The problem is that most the, the, the problem or the reason most people find hard in finding, discovering the identity is because they have they they, they, they are familiar with the world system which is called cosmos. They are familiar with the world system, and um, they 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 have been blindfolded by the system of the world. They have they they have left their real self, and they are not that fight with the world. Thank you, Mark. Mark is definitely, definitely, definitely agree in so many areas. But I think one thing we do have to understand that everybody uh, does not have um, some background as far as reading Bibles or being in a Christian household or growing up in a Christian household. So we must understand uh, where where people are in life. And I know sometimes we uh, tend to push the agenda, but then again, sometimes when we push the agenda too hard, we lose a lot of um, people to Christ because we start pushing the agenda too hard. Um, so I, I, I want to definitely thank you for that, for that, for that, um, synopsis because I, I know in Christ we find our identity and that's one thing that I did was find my identity in Christ although I did identify with other things of the world but then knowing my calling and my my the calling he had over my life I too I too had to accept and surrender to his will and that was the way where I am at this moment being that I am sold out for um, Jesus Christ, but not only um, after Jesus Christ ascended um, to heaven, he transcended to heaven, he said that he would not leave us comfortless and he left the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us daily as we continue on. So we just want to continue to ask the questions. And I know you came in a little late, but we want you to know is we want to ask what is your biggest strength and what is your biggest weakness? Okay. Thank you for the question, sir. Can, can you hear me? 
Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay. Wow. My my biggest strength is uh, is 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 on the Holy Spirit. My biggest strength is on the, is on the Holy Spirit. And um, my weakness, um, I'm crying thinking. I'm crying thinking. I'm trying thinking something. Weakness, weakness, weakness. Uh, can I say, I'm a kind of person that um, sometimes I, 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 I get hot. Based on, I have a very caring heart. So some people sometimes they capitalize on, on my on, on my soft heart, you know. They capitalize on it and they, they always hurt me. You know when you when you care the person, when you keep with somebody, and the person does not appreciate it, it hurts. When you when you trying to be a part of something to solve a problem, but the person is not appreciating that. It hurt a lot, you know. When we have somebody, a friend, or somebody, it could be anybody, your brother, your sister, and and and, and because you, you have a soft heart, you always want to know how things going with the person, how is faring, and the person is not appreciating. It it hurts, it hurts, and and I can say that is my um, greatest weakness. And and I, I don't really know if it's a weakness, but in my own times, in, in my own in my own understanding, is a is a weakness for me. I don't know. I'm a greatest strength has been the Holy Spirit, and and I and I go I, I try I'm gonna continue to rely on the Holy Spirit of of God to cover any form of weaknesses, you know, that that I, I may be experiencing, like I just mentioned earlier, you know. So, yes, thank you. One thing we have to understand that answering these two questions honestly give us confidence, which is our biggest strength, and all while giving us something on which we need to improve on. So those things in which we answered, we know we have confidence in one area, but we know we have something that we need to improve on, and that's a way of identifying yourself or getting to know your identity question number two what is your proudest achievement and your biggest failure go ahead noah what is your proudest achievement and your biggest failure um i think my proudest achievement would have probably have to be uh you know, actually doing what I actually want to do as a career at a young age. Um, and my biggest failure would have to be uh, probably making it, like, choosing the path that I chose in my past, uh, you know, making it harder for me to get to this point. Okay. Great answer. Great answer. Um, let's go to James. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Could I have a question again, please? What is your proudest achievement and what is your biggest failure? 
All, all you have to say is, is Judah's your best achievement, and then all we got to hear is your biggest failure after that. <laughs> I, I guess my biggest achiever is the fact of all my children grown. Yes. Uh, and my biggest failure is that I feel like I still didn't do all I could have done. Wow. Um, Kiasia, what is your biggest achieve? What is your proudest achievement, and what is your biggest failure? Okay, so my proudest achievement is that I'm finally getting those for the hard work I do. Okay. Um, I feel like I had achieved enough, and I feel like. Another achievable goal is getting over my PTSD and my trauma. Um, I would say my biggest failure was uh, that I didn't fought hard enough through the trauma and the, my PTSD. So I felt like the things I could have done could have changed my future. But now that I'm here, I feel like I can still change it, but I will have to go a different path. All right, Steven. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of us are giving our own unique answers, but they tend to align about having, you know, made a choice or choices that we're proud of and then having thought back on them and thinking that we could have done things differently to make it easier or better for ourselves. And I thought of my answer when you asked it and my answer, I'm not going to change because of the fact of the matter that it still very much aligns with everybody else's so far. And it's that my proudest moment for me or my proudest achievement or accomplishment is that I'm at a point in my life now where I have a great relationship with my parents, both of them. And I talk to them all the time and they always tell me they love me and they always tell me they're proud of me. And that's all I could ever really ask for because they gave me everything I have. They made everything I have for myself possible by raising me, giving me a good foundation and education, morals, ethics, showing me the rights and wrongs of life, some with religion, some with common sense. And uh, for them to be able to be proud of me and mean it and say it all the time tell me they love me. And no matter what I choose to do from here, they're always going to be proud of me. It's like, I don't, I don't have to do better. That's the pressure that's lifted off my shoulders is that I've done enough to make them proud, but because I want to do more, I'm going to do more. But it's the fact of the matter that my parents are proud of me. The people that matter the most that I have that pressure off my shoulders, knowing that the people I care about their opinions being the most important to me, they actually support me no matter what. So no matter what I do from here, it doesn't really matter. As long as they're proud of me, that's all that matters. Now, as far as <clears throat> my biggest failure, the reason that ties in with what everyone else is saying is same as them. I feel like I could have made some different choices. I feel like if I had just gotten over myself, being depressed, feeling sorry for myself, making excuses, you know, laying in bed and being lazy and doing dumb things, numbing myself instead of addressing my problems and facing them head on. I feel like if I had just been stronger willed, stronger minded, like I am now, if I had known more, 
then I could have done better. But I think everyone thinks that way because as you get older and as you, as you progress and as you grow as a person, of course, you're going to learn more. Of course, you're going to know better. Of course, you're going to have the time to think back and, and reflect on what you did and didn't do and be like, oh, well, I chose route A, but if I chose route B or C, then I wouldn't have to be taking X, Y, or Z right now. I could be taking F, G, or H. And it's like, it doesn't matter ultimately, but it's a natural human thing for us to do to be proud of the things that we should be proud of, but still look back and be our own worst critic and reflect on how we could have done things a little bit better or a little bit differently. And it's okay to think that way because that reflection allows us to make better choices in the future for ourselves. But I think it's equally important to remind ourselves that because we're all answering like this, there's probably a good chance that we're being a little too hard on ourselves, at least somewhat. So it's a give and take. Like, obviously, don't let go too much and, and let yourself not care at all. But also try and let go enough where you're not putting all the pressure on yourself. At the end of the day, we all mean well. We all want to be good human beings. We all want to do right by ourselves and by the people we care about and even the people we don't know about. And I think that's a start. And that's ultimately where we should all hope to be. And I can't say the whole world is there, but as long as we can start working on being better human beings, I think the rest of the future generation should be fine. And I think too many of us get stuck up on it, what we're going to do here, but I think it's equally important to remember what we're going to pass on. And as far as James is concerned, he has eight kids and he's already got a great kid in Judah. And then as far as, you know, Noah, in case you're concerned, if you're our future, I'm not worried about anything because you guys are awesome for only having been as young as you are and figuring it out so much already. You're pretty much where I'm at and I'm almost 30. So it's uh, in a long winded way of saying, I think we all have similar problems as far as understanding what our strengths and weaknesses, successes and failures are. But I think it's safe to say we're all doing pretty all right. Thank you, Stephen. All right, Marcus. What is your proudest achievement and your biggest failure, Marcus? Wow. My um, proudest achievement is discovering my part in Christ, discovering my calling, discovering who I am in Christ. If there's anything I'm, I'm ever proud of, is discovering who I am in Christ. That is my most proudest achievement. Me knowing my position in Christ, knowing who I am in Christ, knowing my potential, knowing the things that God has input in my spirit. Those are my proudest achievement, you know, because that is that is the most beautiful thing, the thing that gives me joy often. Knowing myself in Christ, my position in Christ, knowing Christ more, knowing Him being on the path, being on His path, is my proudest achievement. And uh, my um, uh, uh, my biggest failure is um, my inability. My inability sometimes to provide for people around me, like uh, my mom, the inability sometimes to attend to her needs. And, uh, it hurt me, it hurt me, it hurt me because um, there are times sometimes, you know, you, we one is not financially buoyant enough to attend to the needs of family. So these are, uh, those were my um, proud, my um, biggest failure. But I know that um, 
uh, as long we are alive, we are breathing, there is a better hope. There is a better hope in Christ Jesus. You know, the, 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 the things that we couldn't do, I know with God, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine, respective of challenges. I know I'm, I'm always hot. It always pains me when I cannot attend to the needs of people who are around me. When people ask me for help, when I when I, I cannot, you know, it, it, it pains me. Those those hours, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. So that's it. Sir. I actually love everyone's answer. The one thing that it shows that you guys are selfish, selfless. Um, because um, when I asked for biggest failures, no one said it was someone else that did something to them. But you also hold yourself accountable and responsible for everything. So kind of got like tears in my heart. <laughs> but one thing is, um, what is your biggest failure? More importantly, what you learn from it. That's one thing that we got to understand. More importantly, what have you learned from it? If nothing's learned, it is not failure, but foolishness. Thomas Edison, arguably the greatest inventor in history, once said, never say I failed 99 times. Say I discovered 99 ways which cause failure. Be an Edison. Never say I failed 99 times. Say I discovered 99 ways which cause failure. Be the cause of that failure. So one thing I want people to understand, because we're still doing the identity thing, is just say it and you don't have to come off mute. I understand myself only after I've destroyed myself and only in the process of fixing myself did I know who I really was. I'm going to repeat that. I understand myself only after I destroyed myself and only in the process of fixing myself did I know who I really was. So next questions. What am I interested in but haven't tried? Go ahead, Stephen. What am I interested in but haven't tried, Stephen? <laughs> oh, man, that's <laughs> this is supposed to be a wholesome ethical show. I don't know if I should answer that with what first came to mind or the first three things that came to mind at least. So give me a moment. Um, ah, that's a great question. I'll tell you this. I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. I've got to, to try and do a lot of things I have always wanted to do because I didn't anticipate that I was going to live as long as I did, uh, back when I was younger, when I was younger in the sense like early twenties or like late teens, I was pretty sure I was going to live a fast life and I wasn't going to see it past 30. So I did the skydiving and I did all the other cool stuff that a lot of people want to knock off their bucket list at this rate, something I've never really tried doing, uh, is a hard question. And the best way I can answer it at this rate without getting into it, like I always do is is trying to believe in myself 100% and like committing to that belief and that can lead to anything like me committing to my business 100% but 
and like setting that mindset, having that mentality, like I'm going to do this. Like I've never done that for myself. I've never a hundred percent committed myself to anything. And that's, that's something I really want to try. And I've been working on the last couple of months, if not the last couple of years, if not my whole life is trying to commit to something and really stick to it and believe in myself. And even when things don't go well, just keep on believing, you know what I mean? And uh, that's always what I've hoped and dreamed for is to like really commit to something and, and have a passion for it and have a faith and a belief in it and, and stick to it. And that's uh, whatever that might take form in, I'm willing to do it. But it, I think ultimately, once I figure out what that is. Great, great. So I'm going to go to the next question for Noah. Come on, Noah. Go ahead and get your mic. My relationships. My relationships tend to be pretty good. Um, I have a lot of them in like different like areas of the United States, so it gets a little harder the farther I am. Uh, but my relationships tend to be pretty good and uh, balanced out. Okay, great. James, what does my inner critic tell me? Come on off mute, James. What does my inner critic tell me? Uh, my inner critic tells me to continue to believe and have faith. Um, I guess to the point to where I I look for it in, uh, in people, but I, I have to learn not to look for it in people, but believe in myself. Uh, and I think that's... That's what my greatest critics trying to show me. It got to be in me, not in other people. Okay, great. Kiasia, I know when I'm stressed, when I'm blank. I know when I'm stressed, when I'm. I know when I'm stressed, when I start, when my legs start um, shaking and when usually when I overthink a lot, my legs start shaking, and then usually I start crying out of nowhere. Okay. And last but not least, Marcus, what do I like to do for fun, and am I making time for fun? Come on off mute, Marcus. What do I like to do for fun? And am I making time for fun? Okay. Um, what I like doing for fun, sometimes I play um, video games on my phone. Sometimes when I, when I want to have fun, I play some games on my phone. That's it. Now are you making time for that fun all the time? No, 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 not at the time, not at the time. <laughs> For my, at my free time, my free time. Okay. So, okay. Great, great, great. That's it. So what we must understand that most of these questions are something in you trying to address in your identity and more sure of what am I saying to myself pretty much 
or what is my mind saying to me? So if we were authentic with ourselves, the one thing is we talk about a lot on this podcast is truth and transparency. And are we living in our truth? And are we being transparent to yourself? Or are we feeding ourselves a bunch of lies? That's a question for you to answer. And always remember, you can answer it on your time. But mindfulness, a state of acting, open, present attention without judgment. Always keep your mindfulness on. It's an open, present attention without judgment. Whether it's either good or bad thoughts may be the one and only answer we need. Mindfulness through deep breathing, meditation, or task orientations is linked to numerous mental, psychological, and physical health benefits. Don't make the mistake of thinking mindfulness is easy. It is not. It takes patience and practice, but the rewards are extraordinary. We have to understand that in our identity, we are who we are. Most times we have not found our purpose in life. Sometimes we have not got in touch with our values. And other times we don't identify our strengths and weaknesses, which we already did. Sometimes we don't get rid of false beliefs and negative thought patterns. Um, just be authentic and be authentic. Be your authentic self around others. How many of us fake around others as if we want to be there? Um, be true to yourself, which I just stated. Um, set goals that reflect your values and your passions. Get rid of toxic people from your life. We just had a whole toxic conversation on Sunday. If you get a chance, make sure you um, look at that on this Sunday because or in where we hold and shoot the videos again. Live in the moment. Sometimes we don't live in the moment, like the present. Um, I was at a Steve Covey um, training, and it, it talked about be here now. We have so many things that's on our mind, and we just forget about being here now. Be in this moment. Unlock your hidden potential, like Noah said. He, you know, people say he was a psalmist, and, you know, that was the direction. Probably his heart wanted to go because he wanted to please people. But then again, when his father put that, that that nugget and that gem and that jewel in his heart for culinary, he really enjoyed it. And you know what? Even if culinary is just not his stepping stone or he's not going to step up to culinary, guess what? He tried it. So never think that because you're not successful at something that that's not your passion. Remember, your passion is what your passion is. And as long as you're happy, that's still your passion. Like I said, find your passion. Do what you love. I'm just, you know, saying it all right now. Stop worrying about what other people think about you. I had that problem. Um, I had that problem a long, long time. Just worrying about what people thought about me. Um, don't listen to your inner critic, in which we you know we talked, gave up um, a question about that. Stop comparing yourself to others. And also seek meaning in relationships. Seek meaning in relationships. I hope this helps and assists those who are listening in the Pot Being Live um, stream world. 
where we are talking about ways in which we can find identity and some ways we can start looking at our identity. We can start asking questions in ourselves. Of what, what are our values? What is our passion? What are the things that we like to do? Because those things are important. But the, the, the last but not least thing, and definitely not last, because God is my first priority. We got to understand that the Bible says about our identity in, in Christ, which Marcus touched real hard on that. And that's the one thing that we should understand, even if you're not at that place, that you got to first seek ye the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto you. So the thing is, sometimes we don't understand about um, religion and Christianity and things like that. And some people have their pros and cons about it. But the one thing I know for me that I know God sees his children as you are loved. I'm in Christ. We are loved. You were, we were already created with a purpose. You are just not a convenient, just a carbon copy of someone else. He said he made peculiar people. That means we're all different. You were created uniquely and with intention. God lovingly designed every detail of your person. Can you imagine the love involved with that intricate design? That's one thing that I do is look at in the mirror every morning and say, wow, this is what God made. So I started loving on myself because I was made in his image. The number two thing is you are chosen. In Christ, you are not only loved, but chosen. God sent his son to earth to die in your place so that you could be included in his family. God was not obligated to choose you based on your performance or credentials. He chose to carry out an intricate plan that involved the death of his own perfect son, which allowed you the opportunity to be a child of God. Each and every one of you right now, I'm telling you right now, you are no mistake. You are chosen and wanted. Everybody that's listening in the Podbean world, we are also forgiven. You are forgiven. In order to be counted as a child of the perfect father, you had to be free of sin. That is, you had to be perfect with regard to doing right and not doing wrong. That is a tall order considering no one but Jesus was or is perfect, and no one can attain perfection by their own effort. However, because Jesus, who was without sin, died the death you should have on the cross, you can be forgiven of your sin. What you've done wrong is not counted against you, and all that Christ did right is counted for you. This forgiveness allows you to be considered a child of God. Therefore, in God's eyes, if you have accepted what Jesus did for you, you are completely forgiven. From his perspective, you are without sin. It's not that you won't sin, but when he looks at you, he calls you forgiven. That is something on which you can build your identity. You are redeemed. Also, you are adopted. What does it mean to be considered a child of God? It means that you have been adopted into his family. You are considered a legitimate child of the God, having all the rights and standing of Jesus, his son. God sees you as a cherished child who bears his name. Just as earthly adoption is a legally binding process, that names you a permanent part of a family. Heavenly adoption is just as permanent and binding. You are his child, and he will never take that away. So regardless of thoughts and processing, just knows that God loves you. He loves you. 
He loves you in everything that you do. He loves you the way you are. Trust me, if he loved me in my mess, and then I surrendered and actually gave him my all and did doing his will now, he loves each and every one of you too as well. What the Bible says about identity in Christ. You are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God, people, and also members of his households. And that's in Ephesians 2 and 19. We're, not long, we're, we're no longer foreigners. We're no longer foreigners. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And this is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Did y'all hear that? And that's 1 John 3 and 1, and I'm reading out the NIV. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. <laughs> so y'all need to just ex be excited. But then again, you know, at the end of the day, we got to meet you where you are. Number, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3 and 17. Last but not least, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter 2 and 9. And so obstacles believing in your identity, we must, even, in you know, even if you know, even if you know all these things about where a follower of Christ finds their identity, there can be often be obstacles standing in the way of believing who you are in Christ. Other sources of identity often stand in the way, such as career, appearance, or money. But there are other things that can distract you as well. As to me, it was past sin. Everyone has made mistakes. Everyone has sinned. If you accept Christ, God forgives you of these things. Outside messages or experiences um, are obstacles. You might not just remember what you have done. You may also remember what people have done to you. Maybe you were treated poorly or neglected. Maybe people told you negative things about yourself. The world is broken by sin. There are people who have experienced unspeakable injustice, from gossip to verbal and physical abuse. Outside messages are trying to shape your identity every day. These those outside messages can lead you to believe that you are unworthy of what the Bible says is true of you in Christ. Also, false beliefs. As you follow Jesus, you will seek to know him more. You can do this through time in the word, through prayer, through talking with friends or a mentor, or, and through gathering together with other believers in worship. As your understanding of God grows, you may recognize flawed beliefs that you held before that did not line up with you what you are hearing and learning about your identity now. Maybe you grew up learning that you can lose your salvation. Maybe you thought there was a certain behavior or sin that disqualified you from receiving Christ's salvation. There are many false beliefs out there that seem correct, but really take away from who God is and what he says. Trust me, I know it can be confusing to work through these differences. Also, 
How can you respond? These obstacles are difficult to navigate. It's easy to believe that these things are legitimate barriers to following Jesus. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome these obstacles and live fully in the identity that we're given in Jesus. Number one is repent, grieve, invite the Lord to change your mind, and invite others to help you. The one thing is, as I tell everybody, I surrender. And the most in surrendering my will um, to God is allowing God's will to be in my life. Any questions? Come on, come on. I know I said a lot. <laughs> That's where I'm at. You touched on everything twice. Amen. I think, I think at this rate, after everything we've talked about today and for you to finalize with that, it shows in retrospect whether you're an avid churchgoer or a practicing atheist, all of these things align with the pursuits that we're trying to accomplish. And I think most people are in the pursuit of happiness one way or another, to put it in layman's terms, we're all just trying to be happy and to do what's right by ourselves and by the people around us. And uh, it's really good to see that whether or not everyone's on the same path, it looks like we're all headed the same general direction. And that gives me optimism for the future. That gives me a lot of hope because if you're anything like me, I love going on social media and on the internet and doing what's called death scrolling. I like seeing all the terrible things that are going on in the world and then working myself up about it because I can't do anything about half of the problems in the world or more. But what it really comes down to is that we have to start within ourselves. We have to open ourselves to the opportunity of growth in many ways, more than just, you know, physically, we need to do so spiritually, mentally, and you don't have to go to church every day. You don't have to, you go at all even to have the same beliefs, to have the same pursuits, to have the same aspirations in life as the person next to you. And I think that we forget too often that we're all human beings. We're all brothers and sisters. And whether or not we see eye to eye on everything, as long as we can agree that we are human and pursue life and love and happiness, I think we're going to be just fine. And the more and more we have these conversations and the more I realize that later generations and the generations after me are thinking this way, the more confidence I have that things are going to be okay long after I'm gone or maybe even before I'm gone. Thank you, Stephen. I just want everybody to know that God loves all. We all have a right. Um, although many people say, oh, because you do this, because you do that. No, The thing is, we must understand for ourselves what God has called us and purposed us specifically for. And I'm like, Stephen, he do say to assemble yourselves, but then again, you got to know where you are in life and you do what you need to do for Christ. And that's what matters. Any other comments or questions? Any other comments or questions? I would like to comment on the fact of um, above all y'all age, I guess if you put all y'all age together, y'all might come up close to me. But the fact still remains that I see a lot of things happening in the world, but I am convinced that God's will will be done. And the fact that if I don't live out 
the peace that he gives me, that I won't be an example to those that's around me. Even though there is uh, a lot of things that happen around me, still it don't have to involve me. I I know he said in his word, he said, let the wheat and the tail go together and he will separate. So those of us that know, those of us that has accepted, those of us that has surrendered, or to have that peace and to showcase it before men. That's why I said, let your light so shine before men that you may glorify God. And we have to make sure that we do that. And I appreciate each one of you, uh, young. I mean, so much wisdom, so much understanding, and so much uh, uh, to be given to other people. And I'm praying that each one of you will go out and share that with others because that's what we're supposed to be doing, sharing. Thank you very much, and I'm real proud of you, Bajou. Thank you. I'm proud of everybody that's on, on the line, uh, not just because he's my son, but because of the trueness that he possessed. And I didn't give him that. It had to come from God, even though he's my son. And we all have to have that from God. And all we can do is, if we don't have it, ask him. He'll give it to you. Thank you. All right, Marcus. So, well, let Keisha go. Keisha? Keisha, Keisha, you there? Um, I don't really have much to say, but it may take a while to figure yourself out. But you'll be you get there with just time and asking God, asking everyone for help. And once you take those steps and wanting to achieve, you you will get there. Thank you. Okay, Marcus. Yeah, I love I love this so much. One thing I understand is as a Christian, we have to say what we believe and believe what we say. Irrespective of what people are saying, the people's opinion should not change us from being who we are. Because we are living in a world where people will definitely talk. Either you are doing the right thing, the good thing, the bad thing, people will surely talk. But we have conscience. Our conscience speaks to us if we are doing the right thing. Our conscience also speaks to us if we are doing the wrong thing. And in as much we are doing the right thing, Let's continue doing it, irrespective of the challenges around us, irrespective of the happiness around us. People's opinion, people's actions should not stop us, should not change us from being who we are. And again, Satan is called the accuser of brethren. He accused us before God did a night. And that's what we must learn to be vocal as a Christian. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Confess who you are in Christ. I'm a peculiar nation. I'm, the, I'm created from the likeness and the image of God. Because there's one thing I understand. It's a power that controls the future. A power, a force that controls the future. And that is the force of prophetic declaration. 
and you declare the word of God to your day, no matter what people say, no matter what I'm going through, I must get it. No matter what I'm going through, I must get to my destination, irrespective of obstacle, irrespective of what I'm passing through. I must get there. I cannot be stopped because you can only be stopped when you're stopped in your heart. You can only be stopped when you are stopped in your heart. How do you get stopped in your heart? When you stop believing the right thing, you have been stopped. But in as much we maintain our belief on God, on Christ Jesus, then we are unstoppable because devil is in the business of fighting our beliefs. Satan is in the business of fighting the faith of Christians. You see, but in as much our beliefs is intact, no matter what, just a matter of time. It may be sick in your body, Maybe going through challenges, one, two, one or two things may be happening that you don't like. But you speak the word of God because being a Christian will not stop you from being sick. Being a child of God will not prevent sickness from coming your way. But it won't be like others. It will not be like others. Being a friend of Jesus Christ will not stop us from being sick. But it will not be like others. Everything that happened to us as a Christian. It all ends to the glory of God in heaven. Because he is aware. Although it may come to us unaware. But God is aware. Because God is aware of it. He will not leave us without betraying. He said I will be with you even unto the end of the world. He said I will not leave you. But I will be with you unto the end of the world. You know the Job in the Bible. Job, Job passed through a lot of things in the Bible. He passed through many things, but at last, at last, he was restored in a double fold. So therefore, those who are in Christ, those who are in Christ, you may go through trial, you may go through challenges, you may go through hard times, but at last, you're going to be for the glory of God in heaven. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thank you. I just been, you know, really blessed by doing this because sometimes we have such a hard time finding out who we are in Christ, but then a harder time trying to find out who we are. Just where where do we fit in? That's what I used to say. Where I fit in at? <laughs> um, but in knowing that what I had to go through to get there, and knowing where I am now, just knowing that it was worth it. Um, but then again, the worth is, the weight is um, surrendering to his will and also doing his way and being available, being available every day and showing availability um, to do his will. So I'm thankful to everyone coming on here. Um, we'll be on here every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 2 a.m. Nigerian Time. <laughs> um, and it's it's just a blessing. It's really a blessing to have this conversation. Um, yes, it will be on a wider platform. I know sometimes these people don't come on on here, but we have a a great listening. Um, once I um, post it on the um, Podbean um, site, so I'm just thankful. I'm thankful to His Word and I'm thankful to His way. Those who are listening. Um, how you can look at um, other podcasts that we have is www.therise.live. Um, Stephen Martin was on season five. Hopefully we can start up season six soon. Um, and just I'm thankful to um, the guests that were on. Noah, he has 
left the building. Um, Mark is all the way from East. My father, James, um, James Curtis Stems. I'm, I'm grateful. Um, anything, um, words of wisdom, anything before we leave today? Go with God. Say that again. Go with God. Oh, yes. Go with God. Go with God. Go with God. Um, uh, so as we leave here, always remember, as we tell people, we do, um, we will be having a little Mother's Day special on Instagram Live um, this Sunday. So bring your mom on. Wish her a happy Mother's Day on Instagram Live, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. We'll be calling people on the stage. But make sure you have your mother with you. <laughs> so we'll be Instagram Live so you can go to At The Rise, Creating Your Voice, and actually get on there. And if your mom not living, we understand and things like that too as well. So we'll still give homage to those uh, mothers that have gone on um, to transition. Um, so if there's no further ado, always remember, tell a friend. Telephone, tell your spouse, heck, tell everyone. We'll see you on the next podcast and have a great night and a great morning in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs>